1: Oh, welcome to it. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. My roommate picked this up the past weekend. This light that shines on me
0: tonight turns on when you wander through my door. It's
1: called Alone in My Home, Jack White off his album, Lazaretto. you to the end, I'm sure, but you love them there. See, and sometimes, folks, what happens is you wear yourself out, you stretch yourself thin, like not enough hours in the day to figure out what I'm trying to do. I don't have any plan for this radio show I have to do every day. I have and these no plan. two
2: strangers wander into the exactly. Studio.
1: It just, life happens, and it, it works out. It
2: was
3: fate. It
1: was fate. It was. It was destiny. So joining me are Delkin Tomlinson. Hello. Hello. Now, first off, this is a very serious question Did the delk and Tomlinson thing come from just alphabetical which yes. names come in first
2: alphabetically speaking, Delk and Tomlinson Yeah, most law firms will do that we'll do okay. we'll do it alphabetically unless you know I guess one's like a bigger partner than the other
1: mm. Okay.
2: But generally, yes. And Tomlinson's so long. Right. And Delk is so short. Yeah. It was just way easier. Even though our our email addresses, like mine's Dana at DelkTomlinsonLaw.com, and that is such a pain in the butt to spell. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because Jacqueline at DelkTomlinsonLaw.com <laughs> is so much easier. So, I know. I blame her for the Tomlinson.
1: I like it, though. You hit them with that one syllable. Punch, Delk, right? and then you give them the mouthful. Yeah. Or well,
2: Linson. Delk and Tomlinson
3: rolled off the tongue a little it bit does. easier than Tomlinson and Delk.
1: Right. I think it does. I felt
3: yeah. like Tomlinson and Delk sounded kind of like a disease, so <laughs> right. we went with the Delk and
2: Tomlinson.
3: Okay.
1: All right. I
2: never knew that, but um, it just didn't, yeah. Delk and Tomlinson. What
1: kind of disease does that sound like? Something.
2: To you? Something sexually transmitted.
1: Venereal. Oh, venereal. Disease. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, VD. Oh. Just, <laughs> well,
3: this show there, escalated yeah. in the first yeah. five minutes. I wasn't going to go there, but it just sounded not. No,
2: I don't want that. Mm-mm. Mm. But yeah, we were actually. I think we were sitting at like Firebirds, and we're like, "What should we call ourselves?" And we're like, "How about Duncan Tomlinson <laughs> it
1: done is. and <laughs> done?" It was that quick. Now you know when you're not, like on a radio show. Or you're not in court, obviously, or working with any clients. Have you ever used your um, lawyering powers for evil?
2: Yes, I do. And I do all the time with my fiance. I win all the time. No, no, I have not.
1: Oh, you haven't? He
2: hates to have an argument with me.
1: Are you always honest, Jacqueline? Yes. Okay.
2: Even, Even to my own detriment.
1: Oh, wow. See,
2: that's the thing is like, As lawyers, we actually have, like, really strict rules. Like, people have, like, a weird view, you know, obviously have, like, a dishonest view of lawyers. We actually have, like, really strict rules. It's, like, a very big misconception that, like, lawyers are very deceitful. And yeah. there are some, okay, and there to are be
3: fair, there are some out there. Right. But there's dishonest people in general. I think as a profession, we're held to a different standard than society, and we have right. to be truthful. We, we have candor to the court. We have things that, like, we can't just boldface lie. If we know something to be true, we can't just... Say that it's not true or something well, like that, and that's right.
2: the thing is like, you know, you get to you get to pick out your facts. you get to pick which facts you present to the court and how you present them, but you right. don't get to invent your facts. Okay, like it'd be nice, but you don't get to invent your facts. Well, I
1: think some of it is people are intimidated. Anything that becomes too complex or too complicated for somebody, they'll react negatively. So you must be lying. Yeah, well, and then there's the type of lying where it's, yeah, you have the facts straight. It's a line I keep quoting from William Blake. The truth told with bad intent beats all the lies you can't invent.
2: Right.
3: Well, and the thing is, you have to understand, one of the, one of the, the best things I think I learned in law school is one of my professors told me that don't ever ask a question you don't know the answer to. Mm-hmm. And I think what Dana is hinting at is good lawyering, you can kind of skirt around those things that maybe are unfavorable to your client without lying. Right. And it's the opposing counsel's job to advocate for their client to know what questions that they need to ask. And it's not my fault as a good counsel that you didn't ask good questions and that, you know, the truth maybe didn't come out in the light that you wanted it to.
1: See, I take the exact opposite approach with the radio. I ask all sorts of questions I don't know any answers to.
3: Yeah, but this is an under oath and your money and your kids and your stuff isn't in jeopardy. Well,
1: and I've, I've found that if you really want to learn something, you have to... Be a bit of a fool.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And those are the types of questions that we would ask in a consultation. (laughs) Like Uh under closed doors, like hey what about this? Those aren't the questions that I want to learn for the first time Mm. at a final hearing when your stuff's involved.
1: No, I'm I'm interested because you said yes, you have used your lawyering powers for evil outside of, of course, the profession. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I don't necessarily want anything, you know, called out, necessarily anything specific, but could you give a hypothetical? How could you really mess somebody up with your, your legal powers outside of the courtroom?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, i yeah, just talking I about, it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: So, mm-hmm. just yeah. in, in right.
2: everyday life... That's right. Dana talking, by the in, way. In, yeah, this is Dana. <laughs> in everyday life, <laughs> it's, it's called being lawyered. <laughs> and, you know, unfortunately... My fiance is just not as good at arguing as I am, and I'll point to logic and facts, and you know he'll say that I do something, and I'm like, "Can you point to that specific instance? See
0: When you did this? When, um, when, when mm-hmm. I
2: did this thing? And of course, Dana, Dana, Dana. Of course, he can't point out that specific instance. I'm like, Do you have any any facts to, to back that up? Any any evidence? Any specific incidents? And normally, no.
1: Does because i perfect. Yeah, but okay. Then <laughs> you if you don't have the facts on your side, you have to. You have to appeal to the relationship itself. It's like, no, this is really bothering me. It's important to me. And I think we should talk about it. And even though I know I'm wrong, I want to exhaust how wrong I am. That's just being
2: a woman. That's not being a lawyer. That's being a woman. Well,
1: no, I was talking about myself. (laughs) Well, there you go. I
2: think think that...
3: I have to make a conscious effort in my personal life to not do that <clears throat> because I think that it's very easy. And this is Jacqueline, by the way. I think it's very easy when you do what Dana and I do on a daily basis that it can be very easy to quote lawyer somebody even though it's not intended. Um, I think the way that our minds work is that what Dana, Dana's alluding to is we're fact-based people. Yeah. Um, if you come at me with fact, um, I can respond in kind, If you come at me with emotion, I'm going to immediately revert to fact because that's just what we're used to in our job. We deal in a very high emotional situation. So people come at us all day long with how they feel. Well, I mean, as much as I appreciate and respect how you feel, um, feelings don't win cases, facts do. So, I mean, I think that we argue... We argue the facts, and I think it kind of can sometimes boil over into our personal lives, Mm. but not ever by intent.
1: Well, but that's actually a big lesson I've learned for myself, Um, and it's not with, like, a personal relationship. I don't really have much of any. Um, maybe here or there, but not anything that I think could be defined as a long-term committed relationship.
2: As you have a caller in. Like, right? this oh, is- <laughs> crap. Does anybody is- want to call in and talk?
1: This is the day where Joey gets called out. <laughs> 272-9228.
3: Feel free to call in. Make talk my to day. Joey.
1: Make my day. Uh, but no, I, I had this issue where, especially on political issues that I was very passionate about, or for the longest time, it's like ooh, Believer-atheist debates. Yeah, let's really have it out. It For me, it was more important to win, Yeah, whatever that means, than to actually sit and find understanding and maybe friendship with somebody.
2: Yeah. Well, and the thing about those debates is the, odd, the, the odds that those debates change someone's opinion or views right. are about
1: 0%. <laughs> well, and they aren't even productive to the people engaged in them, at least in my experience. It felt like I was in some toxic marriage that I needed a divorce from, but we're just going to come back to the same damn yeah. argument over and over again, never resolve it, just spin around like crazy, very constantly yeah. It's a
3: very circular
1: argument. Well, and I don't know, maybe something about politics brings that out in people. Politics and religion. But uh, for me, it's Politics is almost like you... In my mind, it's not about truth. It's not about facts. It's about winning. It's not. It's about winning.
2: Yeah, you know... Well, I'm, in our world, winning is a sliding scale. <laughs> mm. I
3: think that there's no... Well, I mean, you have to look at what we do for a living. I mean, it depends on... You know, some cases, I can say, hands down, slam dunk, like, that we got everything we wanted. That was an awesome case. And then there's other cases where you're like... I still feel like we came out on top, but we didn't get everything that we wanted. Right. So, like, victory is kind of a sliding scale. And some days, you know, Dana will say she'll be like, I'm, I'll, "I'll take that one up to a win." You know, yeah, it just man. depends on the game. You
2: take what you can get.
1: See, but there's actual, in my opinion, virtues in y'all's profession. There is something like we. There are different ways we can measure success. I don't hear many people who root for a given political candidate or the candidates themselves look back and go, "We lost, but we learned so much." You occasionally get that on the <laughs> night of.
3: It wasn't the destination. It was the journey.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> no. Yeah. No.
3: It's either a W or an L.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. We learn so much in the midst of all our tragedies. But it looks like somebody is going to make my day. Ooh. 2729228. There's somebody on line one. I don't this know who is it is. so
2: scary. Like mm. actually answering on air.
1: Oh, man. I <laughs> feel like
2: they could be nuts. Uh, be kind.
1: Oh, news talk. Who's this here on the air? Hey,
0: Joey. It's Jimmy. How you doing? Oh, no. Hey, Jimmy. Uh, At the beginning of the show, Y'all were talking about the names and the way the placements were. Yeah. And Montgomery, a long time ago, there was a, an attorney. His last name was Cruz. And he had to kind of put his name at the end of the law firm. I mean, well, you Well.
2: <laughs> you know, you got to do what you got to do. He was born into that situation, and he made the best of it. You got it on him.
0: You got to play the cards you're dealt. See y'all later, appreciate you it. Have a good night. uh <laughs> Bye.
2: I know someone who named their kid okay. Mm-hmm. So I won't say his first it, yeah, he's because not from He's not from around here anyways, but anyways it's you know, blank and his middle name was Patrick
1: mm-hmm.
2: and his last name is Enos. <laughs> How wrong are you? Like, in the hospital. Like, I know you saw that. You know? Like, I know you saw that. Wait, wait. Are you really going to do that to your
1: kid? So, my name is Joseph Ray Clark. That's my full legal name. So regal. Or it could be Joseph R. Clark or Joey R. Clark. But in this case, it would be Joey P. Enos? Yes. Oh, wow.
2: Yes. And, like... That's
1: unfortunate.
2: It's Unfortunately, that has to be intentional. Somebody's parents had a that. sense
1: of humor. It could have been a calling card, too. Who knows? Right.
2: right. But, yeah, like, what jerks. <laughs> like And we did. Like, we might
3: have all through middle school. Yeah, I have to say, when I had the baby, I went through names, and I was very you know, careful mm. when I picked names because you wanna name your kid something that sets them up for success. That can't right. be, easily, it made. Can't be <laughs> easily made into some, you know, joke in middle school what or high school. S- some
1: people believe a name can be destiny.
3: Well I mean it's just, you know, Steven Steven is named after my father, so it was mm. very easy. Um but you know, you're concerned you look at things like First name, middle name, last name, initials. Do the initials spell anything that like they shouldn't? ASS. Spell? Yeah, like if you put them in stacked. I mean, come on, ladies, we're in the South. You know, monogramming. If you do them a certain way, like, is my kid gonna get made fun of? So, I mean, I, I get that. T I T.
2: Sorry, I'm just. I'm just well, keep going I, my here. my cousin's
3: initials are K F C. Now, granted, it's nothing yeah. bad, but I mean. But she got called Kentucky Fried Chicken a lot when she was in middle school because kids, kids are mean be even
2: worse if she's big. She I'm wasn't not sure if she, she was. But like that would be awful. She
3: happens to be a very attractive woman. She was a very attractive girl, but still, you know, kids will find anything to make fun of another
2: child and
3: so wait so
1: when she went to KFC she would take the skins off before eating the you chicken you know I, I don't know uh, yeah,
2: right. oh my god kfc sounds so good
3: right yeah now. it does
1: apparently KFC. i
2: was going to
3: say free ass. <laughs> i learned this week and i don't know if anybody's been there but i learned from another lawyer in town that phoenix city has a kfc buffet what i know what it's like you can go in for lunch and it has a drive through but it also has a
2: buffet so I was like, you can shut, shut it down. I wonder what kind of jumps, like what kind of hoops you have to go through as a KFC franchise. You're like, I want to be different than all <laughs> the other KFCs. <laughs> I want to be. And a I buffet. want to have a buffet. Oh,
1: that sounds delicious. Yeah,
3: I was. I had to go on a little bit of a road trip this week. Um, well, last Friday to go visit a client of mine that was in Fort Mitchell. And so, we got to drive through Phoenix City. Did and you go to the KFC? No, we drove right past it. It was pointed out to me. It wasn't lunchtime at the time. So, the KFC's breakfast, brunch, lunch? Yeah, mm-hmm. but and mm-hmm. in my defense, so... You know, it's not a secret, at least in, in the legal world, that I'm Catholic. Okay. And so it's lunch. No,
1: that explains it.
3: And no meat on Fridays during Lent, So no KFC buffet for me. But
1: See, but I used to be Catholic, and I now know. I eat meat on Fridays. But, like, that's because happens. we'll
3: have this circular argument. No,
1: we wouldn't have a circular it's
3: argument. It's all about winning.
1: No, It's not. <laughs> It's not about winning at all. It used to be about that. Now it's about understanding and free-flowing conversation, seeing wherever it goes.
3: Well, and then to touch on the free flow of the conversation yes. with the meat, it's a hard thing. I don't I don't think that you eating meat on Friday
2: as an atheist has anything to do with it. Or I me agree. not eating meat... As a Catholic, has anything to do with it? I I used to have a Catholic best friend as a kid, and it was always so depressing on Fridays because she would have to go to Captain D's, and I hate Captain D's. You hate the D's? I do. That's blasphemy in and of itself. But no, she have to go to Captain D's or get a fillet of fish.
3: No,
0: Captain D
1: worked hard for his namesake and his restaurant. The
2: whole thing, like the whole restaurant, and probably like the surrounding, like. 500 feet. It smells like old fish. See, I love some it's, Long it's John Silver's. Life. See, I'm a Long oh. John Silver's fanatic. Well, you know, I grew up in Columbus, Mississippi. We don't have a Long John Silver's. I'm surprised you had a Captain <laughs> We Ace. just got a Chick-fil-A like a couple years ago. Are you
1: sure it's a knock against the D's or you just don't like fried cod?
2: Ah, uh, you know... I like fried fish, like regular fried yeah, fish. She yeah. likes catfish, probably. Oh, catfish, I do like catfish. I could eat seafood every
3: day. I love seafood. See, yeah. yeah. that's the thing. Like, I, the, I don't look at it as, like, poor me,
2: I can't have meat on Friday. I look at it as a beautiful sacrifice. Well, well let me tell you, eight-year-old me did not see the beautiful sacrifice in that, and I was not happy.
1: <laughs> you were pissed off? I was. I know if you
2: could see that. You being mad. Wait, said already wait, and
1: I, I don't mean to just... We can talk. I don't mean to do this, but if, if like eating fish on Fridays really isn't, it's a beautiful sacrifice. It doesn't sound like it's that much of a sacrifice. Well, here, Is it really a sacrifice?
3: Well, it depends, and, and surprisingly enough, you would realize how much you want to eat meat on Fridays when you're having to give something up type mm. of deal. So for me, I just look at it as a constant reminder of like my failures as a human and it just brings a cognitive realization of my spiritual stance on things and how human I really am. So right. that's what it is for me. It's it's I enjoy Lent. I think Lent is a beautiful experience. It helps me to grow not only as, in my faith but yeah. as a person too. Just as Certain things that just come to light when you give up something. It doesn't even have to be from a religious standpoint. I mean, just in general. Um, I just came off of um, a 21 day of prayer. And, like, it was just amazing, the quiet time. Just turning off social media or turning off the television and just having time with me. Yeah. It was actually really refreshing.
1: Well, and it does focus the mind, especially whether it's giving something up or dedicating yourself to something. And it makes me think of my experience. Twelve years at Catholic school, it becomes the rule and follow the rules because we said so. Yeah. Um, And it, it took, I think, some of the magic out of it. Where I saw my Aunt Karen, who I think was raised Lutheran, but... Um, she in her 40s ended up joining the Catholic Church and she was baptized into the church mm-hmm. and confirmed on Easter vigil night. Easter and,
3: Saturday. And it's
1: this incredible thing. And I think when somebody internalizes it and becomes like a personal thing that's wonderful and beautiful and I don't crap on the, my faith I was raised in for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but do, do you crap on it for the Crusades? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 The Crusades were just a crock of,
3: you live and you learn
1: how do you, of all the things out there that I'm I'm doing great I'm being level headed you bring up the crusades <laughs> Dana, and now I'm about to get into this circular argument with Jacqueline no, you
2: don't I think we just stick to the fact that like anything that you know brings you a positive feeling and and really all world religions encourage peace and love and understanding and how can that be a bad thing for also each to have choose like for themselves?
1: Eschatology. <laughs> where it's well, and there's this weird thing where it's like the Christian end times and the Muslim in times kinda are like these mirror images and one of them's gonna be right. Well,
2: we also have like Scientology
1: Oh, true. Okay.
2: Yeah. Like oh, you know, wackadoos who like, you know, Pay hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars to get to what is it? Like the something the seventh level of? Oh yeah. Like and they think like well, we haven't given believe, enough money like, to do it. Yeah, I was I was watching. Have you seen the Leah Remini thing, yeah. the Scientology thing? Yeah. I mean the Sea Org thing. Like that's a real thing. Sea Org. Seri- yeah. I mean that's some serious stuff. Like yeah, you pay, but- like, Pay like a lot of money to get up to the Sea Org and get to like that like 18,000th level of enlightenment. To we each
1: and, his own. And when also, there's a thing with like the auditing process. In a way, that makes sense. If you just have somebody listening to you going, go back. Now, keep talking about that subject. Maybe great things can come out of it. It's like meditating. It's like going to a counselor. But when it goes into, wait, that thing you said, that might be very well a past life that you once live there's a thing what, I mean, what in the world what
2: is the alien's name in Scientology isn't it like
1: Tom Cruise <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, like, you know it's like the alien like, I'm sorry I'm totally kidding I'm not the alien's obviously I've also
0: seen that Xenu? Xenu that's it mm.
2: yeah like Xenu I was close Xenu brought <laughs> billions of people billions of his people to earth I okay. mean it's like L. Ron Hubbard just, like, tripped acid and just, like, invented a whole story. And then people pay him, like, a lot um, of money to be told the story. Well,
1: but when Xenu came to Earth, he, it, 75 million years ago, this is according to Wikipedia and the folks in Scientology, the dictator of the Galactic Confederacy was Xenu, and he brought his people to Earth. But at the time, Earth was known as Tigiak.
2: <laughs> Someone watched a little too much Star Wars is what happened. Yeah, they watched you know Star what? Wars and they then like tripped acid and they were like I have a religion. They could be right. Here it we, is. we we don't know. They could be right.
3: Really? They could be. Well, Hubbard <laughs> I, res- oh, that I was, respect you
2: ins- points on it. Yeah. No,
3: I don't I agree won't. with it,
2: but I'll I'll respect
3: it. All right, understand. that was
2: known as incident is that eleven or two? Do we think that's two? Mm. Mm-hmm. I would say that 11 doesn't make sense, but nor does two, 2 because because it jumps straight to 2. Where's incident 1? Yeah, I want
1: to know. Well, we're not ready for incident I, apparently
2: 1. Apparently not. The traumatic, the traumatic memories associated with them are the wall of fire or the R6 implant. What? This is awesome. People out there, you really need to Google this because it's...
1: Scientology's insane. There's a <laughs> great interview with I think the guy's name is Ron Miscavige with Joe Rogan. And he was the yeah, father I've of Dan Miscavige, the head of Scientology mm-hmm. now. And Ron is the guy who got his son Dan into Scientology, but now Dan, as he became head of the church, started treating him just like little no, peon. It's like i I'm your father. Can we have a conversation?
3: And like his wife hasn't been seen for like years.
1: That's uh, maybe he went on the double black diamond, you know, up in the Aspen slopes, and
2: I it mean, was an accident. I'm just saying, like he is like the mo- he is the best paid fiction author like mm. ever. You know, like right. he made up a really good story, and people are making are paying him a lot of money. Hey, for it. it could be real. They th- they they think it's real.
1: I wonder how many of them actually think it's real.
2: But, you Tom know, you would Cruise. think that you kind of have to to, like, give up what you give up for that.
1: I mean, you... Yeah, but Cruise, for instance, gets all these, like, manservants. Literally. Is that what we're calling them? Yeah, they're manservants.
2: <laughs> well, I mean... Really? Yeah, okay, I get it if you're Tom Cruise. Like, it's your thing. I'm you not sure if they're like, eunuchs or anything. got a lot of publicity from it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, those the people in like that Sea Org thing, the big boat and all that. Like, your life sucks. I mean, you really have to give up. I mean, a lot.
1: Well, and I'm sure. Have y'all seen? Yeah, this photo. Look how big that gold medal is. Like, what is this? That's if you're
3: Scientology Olympics.
1: (laughs) 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 I think he looks great. (laughs) Well, and it's like I. I will make fun of Scientology all day every day. No,
2: those poor people. Well oh, no, and if it helps you
1: fine. But I'm still gonna make fun of you.
2: But they yank your kids and it's like same- they don't they like don't let you go outside and stuff.
1: Oh and at mean, the seal. Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. And like,
2: they, like lock you if you do something wrong, they like lock you in a basement. Yeah.
1: Well and it's like I think Mormonism is silly too. No. But I'm- no, but here's the thing. I love it when I see a Mormon missionary. I don't make fun of them. I love talking to them. They're wonderful people most of the time.
2: They're precious. Because uh, to do that, you have to be really dedicated. Right. You, that's what I'm saying for Scientology. Like those people have to have to really believe that to like have their life suck so much.
1: But I've never had a Scientologist come to my door and have a polite because conversation because they don't let them out. <laughs> <laughs> right. I forgot.
2: Because <laughs> they're keeping them all in the basement.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well,
2: are people calling or are they just like... Oh, yeah,
1: they are. And I'm just putting them on hold. But we got to hit a quick break. Okay. Then we'll come back to the phones or maybe I'm just I'm going to Google Tom talking.
2: Hanks's
3: manservants Cruise. Cruise D- wait, Hanks' manservants. while Wait, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Tom Cruise. I sorry.
1: Tom Hanks has manservants. <laughs> That's a whole other Tom wrinkle. Hanks. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. We'll be right back.
0: back.
3: See us in my dear
1: the day, Lazaretta, Jack White. That vinyl album, it's called, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. He calls it his ultra LP. If you start side A, where you start normal vinyl records on the outside, it'll just spin in a locked groove loop. That's the most annoying static sound in the world. You have to start the needle on the inside of the record and it goes out.
2: Would you judge me if I said I never played a vinyl record? I have a player in my home. I I have like the little, like I have like the player. I mean, it's hooked up to like a real. I work with this monster. I don't think I've ever played a vinyl record. I may not have a fiance when I get home. My mother used to have
3: some pretty uh, awesome vinyls when I was little. And actually, um, I was gifted. One of my most prized possessions is I have a vinyl box set of Elvis Presley's records. She is
2: really into Elvis.
3: Mm. And it's an unopened box set. It was gifted to me for a holiday. One one of my mom's... uh, Colleagues down in South Florida, her uh, fiancé owns a vinyl shop. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so he gets a lot of really cool things and one year Ooh. they gave me this Elvis box set. It's like mint condition, never been opened, never touched. It's like one of my prized What
2: happens when you get drunk and you're like, I want
3: to hear no. Elvis on vinyl. <laughs> nope, nope,
1: nope, nope. Mm-mm. I went through an Elvis phase as
3: a yeah.
1: kid. I'm still, I'm,
3: I'm still in it. I'm still in it.
1: No, but this this LP from Jack White, there's songs, hidden songs under the label. That's label, cool. like it'll play. It's it's nuts. That's nuts. Neat. It was blowing me away. It shows how easily impressed I am. Now off air, um, y'all were mentioning a show. It might have been before I was watching MTV or after I gave up on it. There was a show called Kept Man.
2: It was called okay. So it was called Kept, and we got there because you know you're saying was, that uh, Tom Cruise yeah. has.
1: Uh, eunuchs that serve him. No, man, <laughs> men servant. man
2: servants. Man servant. Yeah, like yeah. man servants. And I just wonder, does anyone remember this show? Because it was, it was Jerry Hall, who was Mick Jagger's ex-wife and a model, and she was older, and she was looking for a younger guy, and he was the perfect, like she was looking for the perfect kept man, and it's called Kept, and it was on MTV, apparently in two thousand and five. <laughs> And when she, whenever she she narrowed it down to twelve, then she took them to London and eliminated them one by one. So really, this was like, so, this was like the old lady version of the Bachelor, yeah. But on MTV, oh,
1: I'm, I'm looking at Jerry Hall now. My knee jerk reaction is like I'd compete, but I don't know what. What was she? I don't want to be humiliated by somebody. Well, I'm not into that. Um,
2: well, yeah, but the one who won got hundred grand.
1: Oh, wow. That's not humiliating at all. Yeah,
2: exactly. What, so, like...
1: Wait, what did she have these guys do?
2: Well, let me... So, the actual advertisement has her holding their leashes. Oh. That would just not fly. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, apparently it didn't fly in, the, in London, either. They, um... Yeah, I know. They, I guess, I edited want- them. Like MTV used to have some pretty legit shows on back in the day. Yeah. Um, like I'm looking back on well, this list. Okay, this was VH1. Like, I'm sorry, that was my bad. Oh, it was VH1.
1: Didn't VH1? I remember when it came out had the Tequila Tequila show. Oh, horrible! Uh, you yeah, know she's
2: like an like a Nazi, like an actual she's Nazi. A, she's a Nazi? She? No, she really is. Like Google it. Like no. she. Wait. I mean, there are pictures of like her with like swastikas and stuff. She's a Nazi.
0: Was Seriously, not, and not, like really? let's remember,
2: like she's of Asian descent. Wow. Like she's, it, yeah. If you Google her, she says she's a Holocaust denier. Um, oh my, my favorite VH1 show, hands
3: down, Flavor of Love. <laughs> hands down.
2: Dana. Pretend like you didn't love New York. <laughs> um, pretend oh, like yeah. I didn't dress as Flavor Flav when you're in college for a Halloween party. Oh really? Um, I've actually seen this photo, and it is pretty
1: legit. Wait, you You had the clock?
2: I had the
3: clock. I had an Adidas jumpsuit.
1: Did you make the terrible white person mistake whenever they were... Good. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Nope. I
3: had on a Viking hat. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was true to Flavor of Love style. Wow. I will have to personally send you a picture. No, but I I remember...
1: The reason I brought up Tila Tequila is because I remember watching that show and saying, if it was Tony Mascal, this show wouldn't fly at all. Well, you know, there's something about our society, even as accepting as we are of everything. If it's a bisexual woman, men trying to date her, women trying to date her, that's hot. It's We're cool, gonna watch it, but not not uh, if it's a dude. You're right. It's like if it's a dude, it's like no, you're ruining it. Uh, you know, it. It doesn't seem like women's fantasy either. Like to show up in your husband's, you know.
2: Well, and that was way back when, but I still don't think it'd be any different today. I don't. I, I don't think you're gonna get. I don't. I don't think you're gonna get straight men to watch. No,
1: I'm not interested.
2: Dana is not lying, by the way, about Miss Tila
3: Tequila.
1: Oh, you're looking at some nasty Shock, photos.
3: Shocking the conscience is what this is.
2: Yes.
1: Really? Let me see this. Whoa, there! Oh, that's at the Richard Spencer thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like she actually like she she said something like Hiller was a good person. What? And, I mean, just like. No, he wasn't. Well, and here's the thing. It's like no one really takes historical accuracy, I don't think, from Tequila to Tequila.
3: True. <laughs>
2: like, I don't think anybody's like taking her word as
3: gospel. <clears throat> Well, but yet, then she went into this whole rant about how she was becoming, um, she was taking classes at her local synagogue to become Jewish. I'm so confused.
2: I'm going to have to do some more research on that.
1: Maybe she's just full of crap.
2: See, the religions are so accepting because if I was a synagogue, I would not let her no, in. No. It's, a house, no, of was,
3: it's the house of God, Dana. Everybody's I,
1: welcome. I was watching something about it. It was an Orthodox Jew and actually interviewed somebody for the Jewish food festival saying that, like, the Jewish faith tends to go. Like if you show up saying I want to become a Jew, I'll tell you no, you don't go away. Like go away. Are you sure? No, you don't. So
2: they're like <laughs> like you actually they're like a girl. Like you know up. you gotta say no. You wow. Gotta say no like a couple times and like it's not, if they wait, still wait. keep asking you out, I know it's not sexual harass. So wait, it you be have sexual to sexual harassment now. Wait Hashtag for you to like too.
1: somebody. They you have to tell them no several times and they have to be persistent. But
2: you know, like you got like they got like. Prove it, you know, like so dudes, they're persistent. they like really actually like want you. Like the creepier the better, Dana? Like no nah. <laughs> Like Hide in their bushes to show them how much you love them. Maybe no, I'm not taking someone down to the basement <laughs> of like the RSA Tower. Stand outside <laughs> like,
1: your window with a boombox. No, mm. but
2: you
0: know, like you gotta,
2: you, you gotta make them work for it at some point. Hmm. You hmm. know, hmm. I know. That against... type of behavior is gonna get you in trouble. Hmm. I know. Thankfully, I work with you, and if one of us sues for sexual harassment, I think there's gonna be a <laughs> countersuit. Hashtag. <laughs> me too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, the whole Me Too thing's a little confusing at times.
3: I think it's perfectly clear.
1: Well, mostly it's because it's not that, like, oh, men and women are at it and confused about, like, how they should interact. It's like, no, women don't agree with each other.
3: (laughs) It's not some big
1: revelation.
3: I don't think we ever have. Right. I think we're a different, complete 180s of one another,
1: for the most part. I don't know. So you talk to one woman. She's like, any, I told you all this off air, my cousin, any unwanted advance is sexual harassment. Like, what? No. That's,
2: what? That's, that in might that be case, flirting. Like, yeah, like, in, in that case, like, no one could ask anybody out. Like, right. you know, you got to take a chance. You got to take a chance for somebody to say no.
1: Mm-hmm. So what I do is instead of asking, I just have on the ready on my phone, I just pull out ABBA and take a chance, take a chance. Take, if you change your mind. Uh, wait, there's a phone call. You want me to stop talking? Who and is that? To- I have no idea. You
3: put them on hold like 20 minutes ago.
1: Okay, let's see who this is, 272 and then who is this? Everybody You're on air. Us. Uh, this is Fred. What's going on? Joe? Oh, <laughs> Mr. Fred. I know your last <laughs> name. <laughs> I know who you are.
0: Yes. Um, oh, so many things to touch on here. Uh, the sexual harassment thing, pardon the pun, Um
2: Oh, <laughs> um, okay, okay. I,
0: I, studios, I a you you, 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 you oh. see what I did oh. there? I got it. You, you see what I right did now. there? Yeah. I'm offended. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm triggered, I'm triggered. Um, it's, it's such a situational thing, man. People that I work with, the women that I work with, there's no telling what I'm going to go up to them and say. And they knew I was harmless, just being fun, having a good day. The guy that I work with asked one of the ladies out for dinner. She told her no. He waited about six months. He asked her again. Mm-hmm. She reported him for sexual harassment. I could walk up there and say the crudest thing possible to this woman and she'd go, Oh, Fred He just asked her out to dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, that was it. And he, he and he got busted for sexual harassment.
2: Was he her boss? Was that why no, he
0: took it? No, no, no. He worked in a whole different department. She he was in uh, uh receiving in a warehouse, she worked in the office. Um. It, it
1: how did just, he ask her out?
0: Just, you know, hey, you know, do you want to go have lunch one day? You know, I mean, it was very, very innocent. You know, it wasn't like, you know, hmm. uh, I'm on the radio. Like I a light your fire over lunch? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Um, uh, KFC, what's for dinner, baby? Um, <laughs> I know. Uh, I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, and another question, you know, we're talking about the Catholic, they've given up meat for... Uh, on Fridays yeah. for Lent. what's the difference between um, fish and chicken? I mean, if fish isn't meat, fish has meat. Fish is meat.
1: Jacqueline has the answer.
3: I thought you were going to answer that, Mister no, Clark. You go
1: ahead. What's the difference between fish and chicken?
3: Well, there, there's okay. So, Water. <laughs> ur, ur. Okay. Well, no, you're looking at it from like a protein standpoint. You can't look at it like that. Um, the reason why Catholics give up meat. Um, they give up chicken or red meat, game, those types of things because it has to do with the Greek translation of carnivore Mm -hmm. and it has to do with the skin. Um, The early church looked at it as it was a sign of the crucifixion of Christ and that's why they gave up meat. There's also a second reason because back in the day people didn't eat as much of a meat based diet that we eat today and we eat mostly um, meat carnivorous meat for celebrations or for feast days. So they looked at it as a sacrifice of not feasting to show um, the importance of Christ's crucifixion for our sins. And so that's why we give up meat and not fish because fish are considered to be um, of the PESCO diet, so it doesn't count. Right. Boom. Wow, well, that was like a really a serious well, answer. You no. asked well, me a serious question, you, I'm going to give ask, you a serious answer.
0: You ask smart people questions, you find out the truth.
3: Well, another misconception people also have is, and I actually had to ask my priest because I'm a convert, so I'm not a born and raised Catholic. Right. Are we gonna I'm gonna go going to go in the eggs. It was. It was about eggs because in my in my mind, I looked at it like you did, like protein right. Meats protein. Well, eggs are protein. Nope, eggs don't count. So really, you're looking at like chicken, beef, red meat, Pork. those types of thing, porks, yes, anything like that. But fish, like any seafood, like you know, seafood lasagna, you're mm-hmm. safe. <laughs> <laughs> seafood lasagna <laughs> is safe. But yes, that that's the the long of the short of it.
0: Okay, who was the which one of y'all made the comment? <laughs> Scientology Olympics. That was the funniest thing, I thing I've dark. heard in a <laughs> long me. time. That was the Catholic. <laughs> well,
3: that was me.
0: Well, you're a winner. That's well, right. Thank that was thank you. That, is, oh. that, that Scientology thing, that's a serious crap, man. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, well, yeah. You know? And and I, and I can tell you why they don't come knock on doors, because they've got some, or knock, knock on our doors, because they got somebody in the bank that knows what your account balance is, and if you can't control <laughs> oh, <well>, it, <there laughs> they, they don't want you. Mm,
3: that's funny.
0: But, well, but
1: it is really but yeah. nice. Well, Fred, I appreciate the review of the show.
0: Yeah, nice to, yeah, nice well, to talk to you, I, Fred. Listen every, I listen every night, oh, and, and, and I'm going to go back to the uh, happy hour show for a minute. That guy that called and um, was talking about the, the, the harassment day or whatever in the basement might have a that might have a hell of a lot to do with why he was in court. In that yeah, day. right. <laughs> like, you know,
1: yeah, I think so.
2: You know, we're all yeah. for out of the box solutions. I don't think that's it, though. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think he was looking for the in-the-box solution. <laughs> okay, all right then. That's enough for radio time. Well done. Y'all have man. a good night. I enjoy good night. It doing it. too.
1: Uh, oh. hey, I like talking to you too. I I don't know y'all that well, but it's just it's coming along wonderful.
2: Have us on, have us on a couple more times. Yeah, you never know what'll happen. Uh,
1: yeah, because I'm still nervous. Got terrible butterflies over here. I'm a am a wreck.
2: Why? I can tell. Yeah, I can see, I can see the sweat. Yeah,
1: I'm just right out of my pores. It's ugly. It's gross. <laughs> you know, sweat is really gross.
2: What? what? How? Did, we we so digressed.
1: Oh no! We, no, we're having a wonderful time. But I'm nervous. I'm this nervous wreck, full of negative emotion and agreeableness and. Like, <laughs>
2: <I> was, <laughs> negative emotion and agreeableness. Yes. It goes hand in hand in our. Oh, it our
1: does. World. It does. No, I was listening to a uh, psychologist describe the differences between men and women. He starts off by saying number one, men and women are the vast majority of characteristics, psych profiles, the same, very similar. But uh, he said women tend to have more internalized negative emotion and m- are more agreeable like he's describing me what is <laughs> like going I said on? earlier
2: like that's yeah. just called being a woman but you it's know that's you I guess. describing you
1: mm-hmm. right and it just that keeps happening
2: what is it called it's it's something it- it's a something effect where women discount their own achievements and, mm-hmm. and don't believe that they're as good or as bright Imposter or as Imposter syndrome? It is. And, and I think the rates in women are very high compared to the rates in men. And
1: I've had somebody tell me they think I have it. Right. Because I constantly feel like a fraud. So
2: what yeah. it is is like it, you, your internal feeling about yourself is that everyone thinks that you're so smart and, right. and so, you know, successful or so this or so that, but you're just putting on a really good show. And, and, like, you believe that, like, you're just putting on a really good show and you're you're not that good or you're not that smart or you're not that whatever. That's how
1: I feel every day.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, the rates in it in women are ridiculously high compared to the rates of it in men.
1: It's, but when I hear it described, I'm like, either I have imposter syndrome or, in fact, I am a fraud that woman. I'm putting on a really good show on the radio show.
2: But that's that, if you're putting on a really good show that's the point of being a really good radio that's true. personality is it's,
1: putting on a good show. There are too many layers of this. I, I know, get confused. Right?
2: That's like existential right
1: there. Yeah, well,
2: right? Really? You, right? Yeah. you think you're putting on a good show
1: right.
2: but you're putting on a good show. But right. are you on a good show?
1: Well, and, and speaking of George Clooney and non sequiturs, if all the animals were on the equator, wouldn't Halloween and Christmas fall on the same day?
3: I can't even. I'm not even. Mm. No, you're not even going to touch that nope. absurdity? Mm-mm. Not yeah, going just, there.
1: Just verbal diarrhea, the nonsense? hmm
0: Yeah.
2: You had me at George Clooney. You lost me at the equator, I think. It's from Oceans
1: 12.
0: hmm
1: Really? They're playing an inside joke on Matt Damon. Yeah. Really? Not going there. I'll go to George Clooney. Like him as president?
3: Not going there either. (laughs) Could it be worse?
1: No, and it reminds me of Dave uh, Dave Chappelle in his one of his the recent specials that came out talking about Weinstein. He said it usually has to be that person who's like ugliest and just like a human. Well, I troll. Yeah, troll. I was going to say something else that applies to guys too. He looks like a walking talking one, but. he said if it wasn't like Weinstein or these gross-looking human beings, say it was Brad Pitt doing this, it'd be like girl goes with her girlfriend up to the, the interview. He's like, yeah, he wants me to meet in the hotel room. She goes up like 10 minutes later. Like, girl, girl, should girl,
2: th- girl should say thank you. Well, no, it's <laughs> like, like,
1: girl, how'd it go? Oh, I got the part. <laughs> right. Like It would just be immediate if it was somebody like Mr. Pitt. I'm not going so, there
2: either. So you said, what, Dave Chappelle? Do we? Re- is that who, is that? Yeah,
1: he came up with that.
2: Do we recall when he took his sabbatical to Africa?
1: Oh, yes. Probably the
2: best thing he ever did for himself. Like, he... what Do we remember what he flipped out about?
1: I think it just became too much. I think he just had, like,
3: a mental breakdown. It was like, I'm going to Africa.
1: As he's talked about it now, it's the stakes were so high, and he didn't have control. So it's all this money they're throwing at him, and when more money gets thrown at you, there are more expectations. And the people who give you the money... Can control you more. Because they essentially have their hooks in you. And he just the pressure got to him, the way show business was working got to him. He said, I'm done with this. I'm going to Africa later. So
2: Jacqueline, that's always an option. I'm saying, don't rule it out.
1: I don't I'm having How different
2: l- can the law of in in South Africa? Mm-hmm. I went to Cape Town and loved it.
1: <laughs> I'm having How trouble here though.
2: Is that where Tink Tank's from? Tink-tink? poor little Tink Tink yeah my little yeah. Tink Tink Oscar Pistorius my little it's, Tink it's a. is it Cat what? Williams yeah poor little Tink Tink oh
1: no poor little Tink Tink poor little Tink <laughs>
2: yeah. Tink I remember my friends on that it was like a comedy special you remember and it was like <laughs> the knife <laughs>
1: and the oh, spoon yeah that's Cat Williams <laughs>
2: yeah my friends held on to that for years yeah that was Cat Williams <laughs>
1: yeah Man, yeah, Well but Dana help me out here because I'm the last two things I brought up, Jacqueline just said I'm not even going there. Mm. It's like she's given me the cold shoulder no. in the last
2: No cold shoulder. I know they're snowflakes. But she wasn't willing here's the thing is she does love her some Donald Trump. Oh really? She does.
1: You like Trump?
2: Mm-hmm. Really?
1: It's huge. Mm -hmm. huge. Yeah, but wrong, actually. (laughs) It's not huge.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't necessarily agree with everything. Oh,
1: well, but, but did y'all see earlier? It was on the television screen when we were going through happy hour. Mm-hmm. Trump doing his listening face. Yeah,
3: this one. Look, you know, I actually like but at least he's listening. Good for him. Some presidents don't even do that.
1: Yeah, but you don't even know if he's listening. I've done this, I'll admit to it when somebody's talking and I'm already tuning out. The concern and, face, the little my, tilt and the And then the like, the
2: furrow of the brow, like Oh. I think
3: he is genuinely listening and mm-hmm. concerned. Yeah. Well, but hey, I do not think that he is perfect.
1: Right. Yeah. Go but forward. yes,
3: I am a Trump supporter.
1: I'm not. I'm agnostic. Well, the one on thing on level,
3: I'm on more than one level.
1: Well, the one thing I like about Trump is the thing a lot of my left wing friends hate. It's like he's 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 rude and he's breaking with traditions and he's his language is. just crass I I don't
3: agree with the Twitter I I don't I think that some things are let's just say it's not presidential and I think that some things are kind of left to be said in a press conference not by him
2: so I like him at like a 4 out of 10 and like I think I would be okay I think I would go to like a 7 out of 10 if he would like get off Twitter like if Twitter uh, wouldn't have happened for Donald Trump I think that would be like a 7 if if
1: Trump gets off Twitter (laughs) then I'm done with Trump See, I like Trump because he was in he's in the WWE Hall of Fame (laughs) he says whatever the hell he wants
3: and it's not that I have a problem with it I think that just some things are better left said not on Twitter I don't Mm.
2: care if he has a Twitter account Mm. tweet away but just like you know like I had a great lunch today or like Like this burger was delicious (laughs) not like North Korea foreign policy
0: (laughs) yeah
3: I, I just think that I think that he hasn't gotten a fair shake. I think that people are so quick to criticize and people hate him just to hate him that they're not looking at the good things that he's doing. And well,
1: they want to win.
3: Well, they want to just focus on the negative. They
1: don't want the facts. They want to win.
3: I know. It's sad. But I think that if we all started kind of working more together instead of against one another, we this country would be in a much better position. Boom. That's how I feel about it. Knowledge. Well I mean, I just think that we've lost respect for the office, and I did, that didn't start with that didn't start with President Trump. See, but
1: this is what I like about him. But I'm saying, like, we Don't lost respect the damn office.